Hello and welcome to CM Conversations. I'm today's host, Henry Bell. I'm a consultant with over eight years experience working in the cardiology medical device space. This CM Conversation episode is all about cardiac digital health and data. To take on this exciting topic, I'll be joined by Ken Nelson, Head of Digital Health, Diagnostics and Monitoring at Biotronic. Ken has spent over 20 years in the cardiology device market, working at the likes of Boston Scientific, iRhythm Technologies, Biotelemetry, Bardi Diagnostics, and most recently has joined Biotronic. As an industry expert, I want to discuss with Ken how cardiology is becoming more data dependent and to find out more about his fantastic career and asking him what he thinks the future of the space holds. I hope you enjoy listening to our discussion. So Ken, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure, Henry, I appreciate you you having me on today. Um, the, the new head of digital health diagnostics and monitoring for Biotronic, which is a, a newly created position for them, and I'm really excited about it. No, absolutely. So you, you recently joined Biotronic uh, last year. Obviously, Biotronic has been at the forefront of the um, home monitoring and obviously the cardiac space. Are you excited to join a company with that legacy? Yeah, so great, great question. Uh, I came from Guidant and Boston Scientific originally. I spent my first 10 years with them in the cardiac rhythm management world. So same industry, a competitor of Biotronic. And so after the last uh, 10 years, which I'll talk about in a second, uh, when I was making the decision to come back into cardiac rhythm management and to help uh, really uh, innovate in the the home monitoring and implantable cardiac monitoring world, uh, I spent a lot of time talking to uh, all of the players in the, in the, the space. So I was talking to Medtronic leadership, talking to Abbott leadership, talking to Boston Scientific leadership, all great companies. Uh, but for me, everything's about people and culture. And uh, at these small, small companies, all I concentrated on was people and culture, bringing in the right people, building the right culture. And if you have a, a, an interesting product or innovative product, you can do some incredible things. And so with Biotronic, I've always felt they had great products. Uh, I felt they just didn't have, uh, at least in the U.S., they didn't have the, the, um, the, the people and the culture on the commercial side to take them to that next level. They had great people and a good culture, but adjusting that to great people and a great culture uh, can do some incredible things. And I think that's what's happening right now with Biotronic in the US. They brought in new leadership several years ago. That transformation has been taking place over time. And I felt like that culture that they have there, that family-like culture, is very similar to what Guidan had uh, back 10 years ago when I was with Guidan before Boston Scientific bought Guidan and they just became a, a monster company with a very different culture. So hopefully that that helps give some clarity. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, culture is hugely important, especially in our, in our side of the, the business in the exec search. It's, it's one of the key things that we feel that, you know, allows companies to build a, a fantastic team and, and legacy. So, you know, it's exciting news out of Biotronic with the, um, the vital data sensor, you know, getting the FDA clearance, the uh, biomonitor injectable, um, you know, what's the kind of the growth looking for, for that, that product? And, you know, how does that 
add to the home monitoring telehealth uh, division that you've got already? Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up. So, so right now, when you think about the global pandemic that's going on right now, uh, there's a obviously a, a big concentration on on COVID, and the, the most common symptom of COVID is fever. And so, the, this device, the Biomonitor Three and Three M, got a fever detector um, FDA cleared, and it's the first and only implantable. Uh, cardiac rhythm management device or, or injectable cardiac monitor that's gotten FDA clearance uh, for a, a fever detector, which really is a, a temperature sensor. Uh, so we're really excited about that, uh, especially in this, what's happening right now in the world that uh, we have a fever detector. And, and when you look at uh, patients that are out there that have uh, cardiac issues, pre-existing cardiac issues that might have uh, a sensor or a, a, a biomonitor already implanted, this could be a very useful tool just to see if, if those patients are tracking uh, for a potential fever based on a temperature increase. Absolutely. And obviously the, the need to keep patients with such you know, heart failure comorbidities out of hospital now is more important, more important than ever. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and if you look at some of the studies that are, are coming out globally uh, for patients who have heart failure, uh, who also get COVID or test positive for COVID, I think I saw a study the other day that said something like it, it doubles your mortality rate uh, if you have heart failure and, and you test uh, positive. Mm -hmm. So when you consider some of those studies, it's even more important um, that a, a subset of patients gets that needs it or is indicated for it that gets uh, not only cardiac monitoring, but that may get other types of, of monitoring done, especially if they already have a monitor in uh, for other reasons that they're indicated for. If they have additional sensors in there that can be used to, to monitor things such as fever, uh, we should be doing that with the global pandemic going on. Yeah, absolutely. So the the pandemic has really accelerated, you know, the would you say that the need for for these devices, or the, the needs already been there, but the the pandemic's really kind of opened our eyes to their importance. So that's a very interesting question. I think the need has always been there. I think uh, one of the silver linings, if you can say that, uh, about what's going on with COVID right now is that it has absolutely accelerated uh, digital health overall, the entire digital health ecosystem. When you think about uh, adoption of things such as telehealth and remote patient monitoring, you know, I've been in that world for the last 10 years or so, uh, really concentrated on it, first with iRhythm and then with biotelemetry for five years after that, and then the last three with Barty Diagnostics. And, uh, and the, the, the telehealth world, the remote patient monitoring world has absolutely been needing a catalyst to, to drive uh, significantly higher adoption. And it's terrible that this is the catalyst that created that, but uh, it is a silver lining of a terrible thing that's happening in the world right now. It's driving adoption of telehealth, of remote patient monitoring, of the entire digital health ecosystem like we've never seen before. And it's it's not going to go away. I, I think 
even after the pandemic uh, settles down and, and we return to whatever that new normal becomes, uh, telehealth, remote patient monitoring, digital health uh, is going to continue to accelerate. Maybe not at the same um, rate that it is today. It'll probably slow a bit, but it's not like it's going to go back to the, the, the traditional way of, of healthcare. No, absolutely. Once you, you get the rise in adoption, you then, then comes the acceptance as well and the opening of the new patient pathways. Um, I think, yeah, they're being widely adopted and accepted. So the, the 10 years of experience that you've got in this, you know, you were previously with the, the three of the top four companies that you've been, uh, you know, commercially the leadership and successful. How much have you you've seen the, the cardiac diagnostic industry change? Yeah, so it's fun to look back uh, roughly 10 years ago uh, with iRhythm. When I first saw the Zeo patch, um, I had had former leaders, uh, my, my area vice president, my divisional vice president at, at Boston Scientific had gone over to St. Jude, which is now Abbott St. Jude Medical, and they were investing in iRhythm. And, um, and they said, hey, you know, there's this this cardiac monitoring patch, we're not, you know, we're not exactly sure about the company. It seems like it, it could be interesting. It could find more patients uh, for ablations, for pacemakers, for, for implantable defibrillators. We think you'd be a great candidate to, to commercialize the, the company. It's already FDA uh, cleared. They're already uh, on the market, but we think we could accelerate it with a partnership. And so I went and I looked at the technology and I just remember thinking, this is going to absolutely disrupt this market. And I really fully believed that patch products would become the new standard of care in cardiac monitoring. And so when you, you, you look 10 years later today and patches have absolutely become the new standard of care in cardiac monitoring, it's, it's just fun to see how much a technology can change an industry completely. And, uh, and it's gone from non-real-time patches uh, to more accurate non-real-time patches with, with Barty Diagnostics and their CAM patch to what do we do with implantable monitors, which have a much longer longevity. So you look at, at Biotronics uh, Biomonitor 3 and 3M, it's a five and a half year longevity. It's longer longevity than any of the implantable cardiac monitors out there. And those will evolve into vital signs monitors. They're evolving into vital signs monitors. And that started with this, uh, this fever detector, this vital data sensor, this temperature sensor that we just got uh, cleared recently by the FDA. And that will continue to evolve into a more robust uh, vital signs monitor. No, absolutely. And then looking into the rise of some of the wearables uh, monitors that are coming out, which I think is going to be, you know, very interesting. But um, really, I, what I'm really interested in, Ken, is you really kind of understanding the, the data that's being produced and the, the potential value of this data um, and then how it can be used, the ownership behind the data as well. You know, would there potentially be any, any bias as well with the companies and the, that's being produced it, uh, producing it. So, so what do you see is that the value for the data and, you know, how do you think it needs to be used to, 
you know, further help the patients? I think uh, the, the data is the most critical part of what we're talking about. I think when you think about uh, artificial intelligence, when you think about predictive analytics, uh, it's all about accuracy of the data. Uh, so this is quickly going to become which company has the most accurate data, because that's the input you want into an, an artificial intelligence algorithm or any type of predictive analytics. If you don't have good data going in, you're not going to have great data coming out. So you, if you have mediocre data or you know, 80% accurate data, you can't have a, a great predictive analytics algorithm or, or artificial intelligence. It's got to be close to 100%, as close as possible. And, uh, and I think um, the more continuous data you have, the better. And I think you see companies like Apple and Verily, so the, the Google uh, healthcare arm, uh, Samsung, all these, these huge tech companies jumping into healthcare because they know they see a vision of data and the power that data is going to have not only in uh, consumer healthcare, so in the consumer market, but there's going to be a, 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 a convergence of consumer products and clinical grade products. It's happening. And uh, if I were to predict, I would say that there will be M&A activity among those big players I just mentioned, the Googles, the, the Verilys, the Apples of the world, the Samsungs of the world, uh, acquiring some of these more clinical grade technologies. Uh, when you look at this rapid um, consolidation of the space, I mean, within a 30-day period, biotelemetry gets acquired, Barty Diagnostics gets acquired, and Preventus gets acquired, all by really big billion-dollar healthcare companies, Philips, uh, Hillrom and Boston Scientific and very different types of companies in the, the medical device world, they're all saying we need uh, remote patient technology, remote patient monitoring technology. We need at home and in the hospital uh, technology. And they want that entire continuum of care from the time the, the patient leaves their home and goes to the hospital or the time the, the patient is discharged from the hospital and goes back to their home, continuous monitoring becomes more and more important and that data becomes more and more important. So it's fun to, to think about where this all could lead and, and that data is critical. Uh, absolutely. And um, you know, what are your thoughts on the, the FDA's new uh, action plan for kind of the AI and the uh, machine learning? software? Um, so I think it's it's a good next step. I think um, if they accelerate review and approval of, uh, of AI technology and predictive analytics technology as it, it starts to, to become available, uh, I think it's going to make the, the healthcare system uh, more efficient. Uh, part of the challenge will be what, what is the reimbursement um, how does the reimbursement follow? So what are the economics? If, if that follows in addition to the, the FDA clearance of some of these technologies, um, the faster that happens, the faster you'll see uh, adoption and more innovators jumping in to, to develop these technologies. Yeah, so what, are there any other challenges that you see? Um, um, I think uh, a lot of people talk about 
AI today and they don't necessarily really have it. Uh, and in some fields and arrhythmia uh, detection and, and interpretation is, is one of those where uh, right now you really need a clinician to distinguish certain things. So some rhythms are just really difficult for a computer to figure out, uh, an algorithm to figure out. And we'll, we'll get there over time. Uh, but right now it's a matter of reducing the total average amount of human time that's needed to review the data. Uh, and if you can drop that from, you know, an hour down to 30 minutes, down to 20 to 10 to five to minutes to seconds, you're making the whole system more efficient. Do you, do you think that the it will be able to kind of get away from you know, further from di diagnosis and maybe prognosis? Do you think that's where the industry could go? You know, I, I think uh, potentially, and you hear other people talk about this too, uh, general things like, you know, things that you don't necessarily need a specialist for. I, I think that there's definitely going to be automation there and, and less of a need. Uh, but then when you get into some of the more complex decisions that a specialist would make, um, it's hard to imagine a world where you wouldn't need physicians. Uh, you're always going to need physicians, but do you need a, a general practitioner, internal medicine doctor yeah. in 10, 15, 20 years like you do today? Probably not. Uh, I think there's going to be basic decisions that could be made uh, without the need of a physician. Now, though, I, it's hard to imagine, like I said, not needing a specialist. I, I can't imagine that happening, but it's possible. You think about robotic surgery and you think about combining algorithms with robotic surgery and predictive analytics. It's got to be really, really precise, though. Uh, it, it's the same scariness, though, of thinking about getting in a, a driverless car, right? It, it, when, the first time we get in one, we're not going to be not going to feel good about it. We're going to, it's going to be uneasy. And there's got a lot of people that are going to want plenty of other people to have done it first to really prove out um, the safety of it and, and the, the accuracy of, of some of these algorithms. No, exactly. The, the testing's got to be, <laughs> the regulatory is going to be pretty, pretty hard on that. Anything else you want to kind of mention, Ken? Um, you know, we talked about, about people and culture earlier. And uh, I think when you look at, at these companies, uh, you look at iRhythm, you look at biotelemetry, you look at, um, at, at Barty Diagnostics, um, people and culture were a foundational part of the success of those companies. And, uh, and when you look at Biotronic today uh, as a, a, a smaller player fighting against Medtronic and Boston Scientific and Abbott's of the world, these huge billion dollar companies, the way we're gonna win is, is with people and culture. And if we bring in the right team of people and we build the right culture and we really can take uh, these amazing products that we have and just raise awareness about them and, and drive adoption to them, it's, it's similar to other industries. That's how you get a smaller player to innovate and to become a bigger player uh, is with people and culture. It's a really powerful, they're, they're really powerful. And I think sometimes people underestimate uh, what uh, a really strong group of people and a really strong culture 
can do to, to a market. So I'm really excited about what the future holds for, for digital health, for cardiac digital health, uh, remote patient monitoring and diagnostics overall. No, absolutely. You know, as you said, it's definitely the hottest segment in, uh, in healthcare. And I think you know, looking at the investments that's coming into it, I think someone mentioned like 15 billion globally a year, um, you know, but it's something that there's going to be a, a lot of excitement, but a lot of questions about you know, where, where, where is it going to grow? But I think it is, as you say, going to be super exciting. But Ken, yeah, thank you very much for, for your time today. Uh, appreciate you, you coming on. Yeah, absolutely, Henry. Really appreciate you having me on and uh, look forward to catching up soon. That was my CM conversation with Ken Nelson, Head of Digital Health, Diagnostics and Monitoring at Biotronic. I'd like to thank Ken for his time and for all of his insights into the cardiac digital healthcare space. And of course, I'll be looking forward to seeing what 2021 brings for Ken and his team at Biotronic. If you'd like to listen to or read any more of my MedTech content, please go to searchingmedical.com. And for more podcasts like this about the markets Charlton Morris serve, please subscribe to CM Conversations. Thank you for listening. I've been your host today, Henry Bell. Bye for now.